I carry a snippet of a memory with me. It's the first time I'm introduced to a newborn. The baby is resting easily in his mother's arms. When did she learn to hold him like that? They appear so naturally together, like they've always known each other, always belonged. Timid, not wanting to intrude, I stand some distance away and peer toward this amazing new little person. Had my mom been there, she would have been unafraid. She's practiced at this ritual of first introductions, of welcoming a baby and helping parents celebrate the new little being they love so much. She would ask, with as much restraint as she could muster, given her glee, can I hold him? And she would melt as the baby inevitably adjusted beautifully in her arms. But I wasn't practiced, and I was afraid. Knowingly, the baby's mom gently offered, here, would you like to hold him? Now, more afraid to say no than to try, <laughs> I awkwardly receive the baby as she places him in my arms. And then, miraculously, the baby and I adjust to each other. I can still feel his weight in my arms, fully present, fully here. That is the call of this night. John's Gospel tells of an ancient story, more ancient than the birth of Jesus, of the longing of the holy to be recognized and welcomed by the people, that we might be open to the holy in our midst. Lady Wisdom tried to get our attention long before, to no avail. God persisted still, until, as John writes, we beheld the glory of God. The glory of God, that phrase, the glory of God, makes several appearances in our Christmas readings. The glory of God shines bright, as if made of the stuff of stars. The glory of God, shone around the shepherds in the field, and also carried within the word glory, as our ancient ancestors used it, is the idea of something heavy, weighty. One could feel the weight of God's hand. There was a certain heaviness to the clouds settling on the mountains when God appeared. A certain heaviness, like on this night, the weight of a baby in your hands. Something that brings you unavoidably back to your body, back to the ordinariness of human life, and especially when introduced for the first time, back to being fully present, fully here. Reading John's Gospel, it's as if God has been waving God's hands around saying, here I am, here I am, and incomprehensibly, we didn't get it. 
So she places a baby in our arms, and with the weight of the child, we finally feel it. The holy is here. Getting that is one thing, but really getting it is an ongoing journey. Christmas can be filled with so much expectation as to leave us wanting. Wanting for a long-lost memory of home. Wanting for some elusive magic, some holy essence, for twinkling lights, a fireplace and good cheer. Wanting for a recreation of what was or should have been and now isn't. So we, some of us, busy ourselves trying to fill ourselves so we can be anywhere except in the discomfort of the present here now. Anywhere but in the sadness. We long to rest easy. And what if we did rest easy? What if we stopped running? Father Greg Boyle is a Jesuit priest in Los Angeles and is founder and director of Homeboy Industries. His parish is comprised of former gang members. The term homie is used by members of the community to denote friendship and connection, thus the name Homeboy Industries. He speaks of when our image of God, of the sacred, has become too tight and we miss the holy in our lives. Father Boyle thinks we are afraid of the Incarnation. The fear that drives us, he says, is that we have to have our sacred in a certain way. It has to be gold-plated. And so we've wrestled the cup out of Jesus' hand and we've replaced it with a chalice. Because who doesn't know that a chalice is more sacred than a cup? But Father Boyle says, Jesus doesn't lose any sleep, that we will forget the Eucharist is sacred. He is anxious that we might forget that it's ordinary, that it's a meal shared among friends, and that's the incarnation. The holy was born out of the ordinary, not some perfect other place. When we make the holy something unattainable, we become alienated from what gave birth to the holy in the first place. We become alienated from ourselves. I wonder if that's what we do to Christmas. We have decided it must be gold-plated. It must be sparkling and pristine. And we forget it was in the midst of something really humble, really human, that we encountered the holy. Not out there, but down here. In our all-too-human lives. Not running away, but breathing in. And allowing gentleness to come. Allowing love 
but often overused word to hold us. One of the ways gentleness finds us is through unexpected friendship and connection with another. Like feeling the weight of a baby, we are anchored back to ourselves, back to one another. Father Boyle tells a series of stories about encounters with members of his parish. And what stands out is not what he does for them, but what they do. One day, Father Boyle is talking to Louis, who works for Homeboy Industries and is complaining about something. And at the end of their conversation, Louis asks for a blessing. And Father Boyle says, sure. So he comes around to his side of the desk, and Louis knows the drill. He bows his head, and Father Boyle puts his hands on his shoulder. And Louis's birthday had been just two days before, so this gave Father Boyle an opportunity to say something to him. He says, you know, Louis, I'm proud to know you. And my life is richer because you came into it. When you were born, the world became a better place. And I'm proud to call you my son. Even though, and Father Boyle says he doesn't know why he added this part, at times, you can be a really huge pain <laughs> in the behind. And Louis looks up, and he smiles, and he says, the feeling's mutual. <laughs> and suddenly, kinship is formed so quickly. Reflecting on this, Father Boyle says, maybe I return him to himself, but there is no doubt that he's returned me to myself. In Father Boyle's stories, the poor and lowly liberate those in lofty places from their gold-plated holiness and greet them as equals. One day, Diane Keaton, the Oscar-winning actress, showed up for lunch at a homegirl cafe with a regular guy who's there once a week. Her waitress was Glenda, a homegirl, a been-there-done-that tattooed felon parolee. She doesn't know who Diane Keaton is. And so she's taking her order, and Diane Keaton says, well, what do you recommend? And Glenda rattles off the three patios that she really likes. And Diane Keaton says, oh, I'll have the second one. That one sounds good. And then it was suddenly, at that moment, that something dawns on Glenda, and she looks at Diane Keaton. She goes, wait a minute. I feel like I know you. Like, maybe we've met somewhere. And Diane Keaton decides to sort of deflect it humbly and say, oh, gosh, I don't know. I suppose I have one of those faces that people think they've seen before. And then Glenda goes, no. Now I know. We were locked up together. <laughs> Like Diane Keaton, we get to be ordinary human beings. It's not necessary to make the cup a chalice. When we connect as people, something magical happens. Like feeling the weight of a baby, we are anchored back to ourselves, back to one another. We don't need to keep running. We can rest easy, like the baby in the mother's arms, naturally, without effort, belonging. And 
Like the visitor greeting the baby for the first time, we can hold ourselves gently as we respond to our longing for the holy, to behold the glory of God. Can I hold him? Can I hold him in the lowly places in myself? Can I hold him in the nitty-gritty of every day? Can I hold him when I'm upset things are not as they should be? Can I hold him? Go gently. Rest easy. Merry Christmas. Amen.